0: All right, if you have your Bibles, would you turn with me to Matthew seven one through six? So it'll be Matthew seven one through six. Judge not that you be not judged, for with the judgment you pronounce you will be judged. And do not throw your pearls before pigs, lest they trample them underfoot and turn to attack you. All right, if there is one pastime that I feel everyone has in common, it's judging. Like, baseball may be the American pastime, but judging is humankind's pastime. That's what we do. We sit around, we like to talk. And what we're really doing is judging, right? Well, I'd swear, like, if you listen in on conversations, that each person is a judge with their own courtroom. And, you know, they view their life as that courtroom. And they get to pass judgments on people. Can you believe so-and-so did that? I would never do anything like that. I cannot believe they did that. It's Unbelievable. And of course, it's not just one area or two areas, it's like all areas of life. They judge you on the neighborhood you live in, they judge you on the house you own, they judge you on the job you have, the amount of money you make, how you raise your kids, how you dress, how you cut your hair, the food you eat, the food you don't eat. Man, you don't eat kale? What's wrong with you? How do you not eat kale? It's so good for you. Like, Man, I made a kale soup once. It didn't come out very good. I haven't wanted kale since. Well, you should eat kale! Like, man, what else am I going to be judged on? It feels like we judge and are judged on pretty much everything. We definitely have, as a society, a judging problem. And the One evidence I think we have for this is that We basically pay people to be professional judges, and I don't mean in the court of law. Those are good judges. It's good to have those ones. I mean more like talk show hosts. What do they do? They sit around and they make judgments, and they're getting paid a lot of money to do it. Sports radio, full of judges, all right? My wife hates sports radio. I listen to it a lot. She's like, all they do is yell on sports radio, you're right. That's that's exactly what they do. And this week they've been really judgmental on Tom Brady, of all people. Like, he threw one bad pass in the Colts game last week. Well, he threw a couple of them. But one in particular, right at the end of the half, when he, it was an interception, never should have made the throw. But they're going off about this all week long. Like, really? This is Tom Brady we're talking about. He's one of the greatest quarterbacks to ever live. And you're worried about one bad pass at the end of the first half of a game the Patriots totally dominated in a season where they're probably the best team in the NFL. This guy's been to five Super Bowls, won three, and you're judging him all week long on one bad pass. Are you kidding me? But that's how we are. That's how we are as people. We judge others, even if we're not doing as good of a job at whatever it is as they are. Like the, the radio host, I just want one caller to call in and say, hey, when was the last time you threw a pass in the NFL? Like, Really? Did you even throw a pass in high school? I, I want somebody to come through with like that phone call, but of course that doesn't get ratings. What gets ratings is the judgments. People tune in to hear those judgments. And it's the same thing in life. We look at people and we can see all the good things that they are doing and we wait for that one slip up. That one sin where we can go, Oh, I gotcha! You are not as good as you seem. Just knocked you down a peg. Now I feel better about myself. That's what we do. And Jesus comes right at this attitude. He says, Stop judging. Do not judge it's not our position to put ourselves in the place of judge and to start judging and condemning other people all right i don't want us to take this verse too far because it often is right people want to point to this verse and use it as an excuse to live however they want and not have anybody say anything to them about it and that's not what jesus is getting at here But I've certainly been on the receiving end of those conversations where I've gone to somebody totally in love and said, look, you probably shouldn't be doing this. This is not good for you. And what do they come at me with? Don't judge me. How dare you judge me? Aren't you a Christian? Jesus said, don't judge. How can you judge me? That's not what Jesus is saying here. He's not saying don't ever point out sin. In fact, You'll see later on in Matthew that Jesus actually does the opposite. He says, hey, you should be pointing those things out to your brothers and sisters. Why? Because you love them. You don't want them continuing on in sin. But what he doesn't want us doing is condemning people. In our hearts, looking at them and going, you filthy sinner. Look at what you're doing. How dare you? Who are you? Look at you. That's the attitude Jesus is coming against. He does not want us to have that attitude in our heart towards people. Alright, so why does Jesus say to stop doing this? I thought this was really, really the striking moment. He says, so that you will not be judged. But in the same measure that we judge people, we are going to be judged. That should make you stop and think for a moment. Because we're often really harsh and unforgiving on people. And Jesus isn't just pointing to, oh, that's how others are going to judge you. Although that's certainly true. Others judge us often how we judge them. But he's ultimately talking about God. Who is our ultimate judge? It's God. And one day, we are all going to stand before God. And I think we forget that sometimes as Christians. We go, oh man, we are forgiven. And that's true, we are forgiven. But that doesn't mean we aren't going to stand before God and give an account for all of our actions. That still occurs. And as Jesus is saying, if we're held to the standard we are holding other people to, what does that look like for us? I'm going to guess if we held ourselves to the standard that we held other people to, we aren't going to do too well. I say, man, I was really hard on them there. I'm a lot harder on them in this area than I am on myself. I'm much more willing to forgive myself to overlook that. I'm much harder on other people. When we stand there in that moment, we're not going to be laughing our sins off before God. We're not going to be laughing what we have done, all those things we've done wrong, we're not going to be laughing that off. It's not going to be a chuckle. The seriousness of it is going to hit us. So this is a serious, serious warning from Jesus. Now, good orators like Jesus was, they know how to bring like a bit of humor to a situation that's that's really heavy, both to lighten the mood a little bit, but to help drive the point home. Even better. And that's what Jesus is doing in this passage. He gives a really humorous illustration, if you think about it, to show what it's like when we are judging other people in that manner. We read verses three through five again. Why do you see the speck that is in your brother's eye, but do not notice the log that is in your own eye? Or how can you say to your brother, let me take the speck out of your eye when there is the log in your own eye? You hypocrite, first take the log out of your own eye and then you will see clearly to take the speck out of your brother's eye. Alright, so think about that picture for a moment, right? If you have this big log coming out of your eye and you're trying to go up to someone and take the speck out of their eye, what's well, going to happen? Like This is a good slapstick comedy moment, right? Here, let me help you with that dunk, dunk. You're going to hit them with that log. It's This is a moment that is a bit of, of levity to the situation, but it's driving the point home. That's what we're like when we have all these problems of our own, and yet we're trying to nitpick at other people. We all know the person, and we've all been the person who has way too many of their own problems going on at a certain time, and we're saying, hey, you, why don't you do this this way, or you do that that way? And we've all been on the receiving end of that, where you know, someone who you've seen how they live their life, and they're coming at you and telling you how to live yours, and you're going, what is going on? Like, you have more than enough problems. Why are you coming at me? In college, one of my roommates and I, we were both into cars. And we liked fast cars, and if if I'm honest, we liked to drive them faster than the speed limit um, allowed us to. And uh, this he owned one of those Eagle Talons, and I don't know if you remember these Eagle Talons, but they were very short, boxy cars. They came with all-wheel drive and a turbocharger, and these little things would scream. And so one night, we're out in his car, and we're doing 100 down the uh, residential street. Way too fast, right? Way, way too fast. And I'm just sitting in the passenger seat enjoying the ride because I'm a dumb kid. Um, you know, I'm like 19. Anyway, a couple of weeks later, I'm driving. And I'm doing like, I'm, we're in our neighborhood again. I'm doing 45 and a 25. And my roommate goes, you know, Dave, you really shouldn't drive so fast in the neighborhood excuse me? Like, are you kidding? Like, I was just in your car, we were doing 100 down this same street, and you're telling me I shouldn't be doing 45? Oh my gosh, what's going on here? I didn't, like, that was not a well-received correction. I was pretty A. He wasn't wrong. I shouldn't have been driving 45 in a 25. But still, I didn't take that well because he'd been doing over double that a few weeks previous. Man, that is not gonna have. That's not flying with me here, bud. But in telling you that story, I have to admit that I'm. I have the same problem. Like when I get in my car, I should don like a judge's robe and get the gavel and one of those like white curly wigs. Because man, when I'm driving, this is this is one thing I struggle with. I'm judging the whole way. I'm driving along. I'm like. You are only doing 50 in a 55, and you're in the fast lane. You are a bad driver. Judgment number one. Judgment number two, now we're in the school zone. You sped through the school zone. Bad driver. Judgment number three is coming up with the guy who, you know, the, the light that's yellow but really was red, and he went anyway. I'm like, bad driver. This week, I'm sitting at a light, and uh, this one car had been held up, And as he's being held up, you know, the light turns red, and he goes around it and goes anyway. He ends up going anyway. And I start to get mad at him, and then I realize, like, three lights back, I'd done the exact same thing. I got held up. I was the second car back, and I was like, man, that light was orange, we'll call it. All right? And I went. I went. And here I am judging the guy for the exact same thing. I just did. I had a and still have a log in my own eye. I cannot judge you guys on driving. I can tell you that much right now. That's a log i got to get out of my own eye. Now, unfortunately, that happens in in a lot of situations in our life. It's not just driving, but in many areas. And it happens in churches a lot. And it's a major complaint that's leveled against the church in general, that it's full of a bunch of judgmental, Hippo, hypocrites I can't tell you how many conversations I've I've had with people who are like I'm not going to church so I can sit there and be judged for people who are probably doing the same thing I'm doing if not worse they point to a pastor who preached against the love of money and then is in the news for embezzlement they bring up the pastor who talks about living sexually holy and then runs off with the secretary Or being in a church where they were just had people coming at them and judging them for things that they knew those people were also doing. It's just nobody else in the church knew it was happening. That is not how church should be. The church should be full of people who are forgiven of their sins through faith in Jesus and having received God's Spirit in us, we are overcoming our sin. And in turn, we are coming alongside our brothers and sisters and helping them overcome sin too. Helping them, not judging them for it. Not judging them while they're in it. Praying for them. Helping them. Keeping them accountable. Loving them. That's what the church should I don't know if you're familiar with the new catchphrase at Restoration Road, but you've probably heard it. I know Joey said it a couple of times. Grace, grace, right? That's what we're about. Grace, grace. Now, I don't know the exact origin of how it started. I know Joey was the first one to say it. I don't know what situation it was in, but I know where it really took a hold was one night when we were in here all painting, right? We're all in here painting, and uh, Jeff is a professional painter, if you don't know that. And uh, poor Jeff was stuck with a bunch of amateurs like myself in here painting. And we don't really do as good of a job. And we were if you look around, there's probably some paint in areas. There shouldn't be paint. And the whole time, Jeff was just like going, grace, grace, man. Grace, grace. He was like, that's all right. Grace, grace. We're all about grace here. But that mindset from that night really stuck. It stuck not just in pain, but grace towards each other. And the next thing you know, you hear guys who are confessing their sin to each other, and the response is, grace, grace, man. We're in this together. Let's overcome this sin. Not, you filthy sinner, how did you step in church today? No, not that. Grace, grace. Our faith is all about grace. We are in this together to help each other overcome our sin. We need to remember that that is what our faith is about, is grace. Did any of you in here earn your forgiveness from your sins? Did one of you just happen to wake up so awesome one day that God was like, hey, your sins are forgiven? No, it didn't happen! That's what makes it grace. We were absolutely a mess. And God pulled us out of that. He saved us. He sent His Son Jesus despite the fact that we were all a mess. It is grace by which we are saved. Not because we've earned it. How can we sit and judge people? How can we sit and condemn people when that is what brought us to God in the first place was grace? Not judgment. See, when we aren't wasting our time passing judgments on other people, we can instead be helping each other. We can make sure that log is out of our own eye first because we're not wasting our energy making judgments on everyone else. And then we can also come alongside our brothers and sisters and help them. Help them so that we are leaving behind those things. Sin is not good for us. It's never good for us. We can help each other. Leave that behind. All right, the, the last verse of, of this passage seems a little, uh, I don't know, disjointed or out of place, but it actually applies really well to this situation. And I'm going to read it once more. It's Matthew 7, verse 6. It says, Do not give dogs what is holy, And do not throw your pearls before pigs, lest they trample them underfoot and turn to attack you. I really think what this is pointing at is that what we just talked about, it works great within the context of our church. It's really good to come alongside people in the church to help them. To, if necessary, point, if someone's walking along in sin and has no idea, your brother or sister, you should be pointing that stuff out lovingly towards them, letting them know because we want to leave that behind. And that works well in a church environment where we know we are for each other and where we love each other. This does not work very well outside the church a lot. Can you imagine if I went to work tomorrow and I went to my coworkers who I care deeply about and even in an extremely, the most non-judgmental way I could, sat down with each one of them and said, this is a sin, this is a sin, this is a sin, this is a sin. Even if I'm doing it out of love, how well do you think that's going to be received? I don't think that's going to go over very well with most of my coworkers. Who are you? Get out of here. Get out, get away from my desk, out of my classroom. I don't want to talk. No, that would be a terrible time to do that. It'd be a terrible situation to do that. And so we want to be careful as we are doing this. Because there is a time and there is a place for it. And when you start to get outside of that time and place, you can expect that they're going to turn on you and trample you. You can expect that that's going to happen. And so, again, I don't want us to just totally go, oh man, we're pointing every sin out. No, we, you know, we want to balance all of this together. And we want to be wise with how we, we tell people the situation they are, are in. Alright, so the application of this. Don't judge people, alright? Don't judge and condemn people. And one area I want to hit really clearly on in our church, is that if someone is confessing their sin to you, if someone has opened up to you about a situation in their life, do not sit there in judgment. Be especially careful in this situation. You want to talk about something that will ruin a friendship really fast? Sit there and judge someone for their sins as they are opening up and confessing to you. You want to ruin unity in the church? Do that. That will happen really, really quickly. We don't want to do that. If you've seen Silver Linings playbook, uh, there's a scene. So you know the two main characters have mental health issues. And they're sitting at a table at a diner. And they, they've gone back and forth with all these bad things they've done in their, in their illness. And uh, as the, the woman is confessing to the, the guy all these things she's done, she stops She realizes that he is just sitting over there judging her. She's like, wait a minute, you think I'm crazier than you are, don't you? He's like, well, yeah, I do. And, you know, everything goes off the table, and it's a, a big scene and a big mess. And, of course, anyone from the outside goes, no, he's got plenty of problems of his own. That's how we are when we judge people as they're confessing our sins. We have our own. We've only been saved by grace. Who are we to sit there and judge them and go, you are a worse sinner than me? No, that is not how things should be. And so that's one thing I want us to really guard against as we develop friendships in the church and the ugly side of us comes out in those conversations where we are confessing our sins to each other. Let's meet that with grace, not with judgment. Secondly, we should, in the church, be helping each other overcome sin. But that starts with us. That starts with overcoming sin in our own lives. By God's grace, through His Holy Spirit, we've been forgiven of our sins. But that doesn't mean we should be dwelling in them and continuing on in them. We should leave them behind. We should be confessing our sins to each other in order to do this. And we should be helping our brothers and sisters to do the same because it's not good for them. It is not healthy for them to continue to sin. And so out of love, we need to be coming alongside, not judging, not condemning, but helping our brothers and sisters to overcome sin. Finally, for all of this to occur we need the gospel to be deeply rooted in our hearts. We need to really take a hold of the fact that we are forgiven because Jesus came down and died on the cross for our sins. No other reason. It was His blood that was shed for the forgiveness of our sins, and it's only by grace through faith that we are saved. We didn't do it on our own, and we need to hold on to that. Because we're going to sin and we're going to want to condemn ourselves, one. And when we do that, we're going to be condemning others as well. And we don't want to do either of those two things. We don't want to be in that situation. So we need to grasp the gospel deeply and cling to the forgiveness we have in Jesus and extend the same grace that we've been given to our brothers and sisters. Let's be a people who doesn't judge and condemn, but instead we love and help because we've been forgiven in Jesus. Amen.